This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, which is presented by our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We got over a thousand subscribers. Very exciting. Let's keep it rolling. Please spread the word about our YouTube page. Remember, every new subscriber we get, you got a chance to get that awesome cameo style shout out i'm on cameo you can get shout outs from me for birthdays fantasy football anniversaries but if you're a new youtube subscriber you can get it just for being a new youtube subscriber i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman five teams seven years now i got a bunch of podcasts already did my takeaways from every game week four in the nfl on the ross tucker football podcast this morning Make sure you go ahead and check that out. Giving away our final Madden copy, actually Madden code, I should say, this year. So go ahead, take advantage of the DraftKings Sportsbook app offer, Omaha Stakes or whatever, your chance to get the last free Madden code for this year. The star of this show, though, it is Emery Hunt. He is at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, has about a zillion subscribers. Emery been telling me for years he was on YouTube. I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. I don't know. I don't know why Emery didn't say, Ross, you gotta get on YouTube. I mean, Emery, where were you at, dude? Like you could have, I mean, no, nah, it's totally my fault. I'm busting Emery's chops. You always told me you're doing the YouTube videos. And I was like, yeah, I got busy. Dude, you were way ahead of it, man. Kudos to you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's all about just being, you know, mobile. Um, I realized early it, when we started doing the YouTube videos, like, man, you know, it's cool to be on TV, but I look around, you have to be sitting at a TV to watch TV. Meanwhile, everyone has a phone. They can watch you on YouTube everywhere they are. So I was like, let me just be where everybody's at. And that's the best way to do it and spread my brand, which was YouTube at the time. So, Emery, for people that aren't familiar, what what all do you have on your YouTube page that they can check out? We have a best bet show. We have a power ranking show. Where we just rank everything, whether it's NFL teams, college teams, Heisman candidates, MVP candidates. It's just a ranking show. Uh, we have our NFL All 32, which is our NFL preview show, which you can also find on cable television, Game Plus Network, every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we have a college football show called College Football Kickoff, where we preview college football. Uh, we also have an FCS kickoff, where we specifically focus on the FCS. And we also have, uh, you know, our coaching videos, too, called Hunt's Playbook, uh, where we go through the, you know, the coaching, the X's and O's of it. And we also have All-22, which is breaking down film. So we have a ton of content on YouTube uh, that folks can check out. You also 
have an awesome draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. I say it every week, but really encourage you to get in on that thing now so that you make sure you're locked in to get Emery's draft guide. It is absolutely awesome. Speaking of awesome, Emery, we've got some good games this weekend to look forward to after a yet another wild weekend in college football. I I guess there's a couple things I want to start to before we get to BC Pitt, Miami Clemson. I like what is up with the Big 12, man? I mean, Oklahoma loses again. Texas loses. They should have lost two in a row. I mean, Emory, this is no fluke, right? Like Oklahoma losing two in a row, Texas losing when they should have lost to Texas Tech the week before. This is no fluke. They're just not that good. Oklahoma and Texas just aren't that good. They're not. And it's starting to look like the two best teams in the Big 12 so far has been the two teams with really good defenses, and that's Baylor and West Virginia. They look like they could be the cream of the crop in that conference, but you're absolutely right. The defenses for uh, Texas has fallen apart completely. There's already a guy that's talking about transferring out or hitting the, the uh, transfer portal. Um, you look at uh, Oklahoma's defense and offense is having their inconsistencies, and it's just not looking like the traditional blue blood powers of that conference are sitting at the top. So it may be prime for a Baylor or West Virginia who knocked off Baylor this past weekend in overtime. So I think it's it's going to be a unique year in uh, in the Big 12. Oklahoma State looks like they've rebounded, but they did just play Kansas. So that could be a little bit shaded. Uh, but shout out to you know those teams that have found a way to play defense. And speaking of defense, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor, all playing really good defense right now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about when you said Baylor and West Virginia, I was going to say, what about Oklahoma State? My guy, Jim Knowles, the D coordinator for Oklahoma State, used to be at Duke. He was the head coach of Cornell for a while. He came to my house, Emory, recruited me as Cornell's defensive coordinator back in 1996. He came to my house. Uh, Awesome guy. Absolutely awesome guy. Um, Excited for, for him that you know, usually there's no defense in that conference. He's actually got his guys playing a little bit of D. Speaking of this, by the way, with Iowa State beating Oklahoma, uh, I got to bring it back to your Raging Cajuns. With Iowa State beating Oklahoma, when your Raging Cajuns went in there and took care of Iowa State in Ames, are they ranked? I didn't even look. Are they ranked again or no? I didn't even check it. They should be in the top 10 because of transitive property victories. You know what I'm saying? We beat Iowa State. Iowa State beat Oklahoma. Therefore, we beat both Iowa State and Oklahoma. So put us in the top 10. I'm ready to see it happen. And all jokes aside, though, when you look at these Big 12 teams just slowly crumbling, um, and we don't know what the outcome will be of the Big 10 or Pac-12 when they start playing ball, but it's going to be a group of five team, I believe, in the playoffs because of uh, the Big 12 is going to, you know, you know, I think it's not going to have a representative because um, I think Oklahoma State is going to lose another one. And I also look at the Pac-12 playing so late, it's going to be hard for them to rack up, a, you know, enough quality wins, so to speak, to get them in. So a group of five team, whether it's UCF, who just lost, uh, um, or Louisiana, or someone like that that's going to come out of that that group of five, uh, you know, ranking to to be into the playoffs. I think this is probably the best year for it to happen. Let's get to some of these games this weekend. Um, BC Pitt, 
Really looking forward to this one. Both coming off of hard-fought losses. Uh, the Pitt one was especially surprising. I mean, I did not expect Pitt to lose at home to NC State. Devin Leary, though, he was spinning it, huh, for NC State? Yeah, and, and it's, I was more surprised at their defense and how well they were able to slow down uh, Pitt's offense, which can be explosive and, and it can be quick strike. And so it, it's uh, tough to get a good read on NC State because we saw them do a great job, you know, against Wake Forest. Then we see them, you know, lay an egg. Then we see them come back out and do a great job versus Pitt. So, yeah, he was spinning it. Their defense was active. They were forcing turnovers. Uh, they were doing a great job getting off the field. I still don't know what NC State is right now. That's crazy. So you mentioned Pitt's offense, and it seems like Kenny Pickett's been their quarterback for a while. I've seen him play a lot. What kind of pro prospect is he? I think he's a really good rhythmic passer, and I know he's coming off of a bad game last night, but his play kind of reminds me of Nick Mullins as far as like when things are in rhythm, he can get the football out quick. He can work that intermediate level of the field. He has good mobility, um, so he can, you know, evade pressure in the pocket. He can, he could, you know, pick up a cheap first down or two. You can use him in the boot game or a waggle game or sprint out passes. So I think he has good work with the skills, and I think he can serve as a as a QB two at the pro level. I'm just surprised Pitt's defense with those safeties they have that D line. I am surprised that NC State scored that many points and that Leary was able to play that well. Wow, bad, bad look for the Panthers. That was one. Just when people were starting to believe in them and buy into them and think, hey, maybe it's not, maybe someone can give Clemson a game in the ACC championship game this year. Um, I, I don't, they're not thinking that about Pitt as much anymore. What about, what about Boston College? And before we get to one of their prospects, an offensive lineman, I wanted to get your thoughts on a young man I know well. Uh, talked to him and called his game at the U.S. Army Bowl. I've watched him play basketball as well. Uh, tremendous two-sport athlete in high school at Pine Richland High School. Phil Jerkovic, quarterback for Boston College, the Notre Dame transfer. What have you seen from him? Yeah, he, he started out with the bang in that first game against Duke, I believe. And then you saw him, you know, play well at times against North Carolina. I think for him – that whole offense is in a transition because they're they're trying to break in to the new era of football and throwing the football a lot and not running it as much. Um, but may, they may not have the pieces yet around him to where it can fully thrive. But you're seeing flashes of him being able to drive the football, you know, deeper down the field, outside the numbers, all of those things that you want to see a quarterback do. And it's just going to take a little bit more time with him, not just because of his skill set, because of what their offense was for a decade to now they're trying to, you know, get it up to speed pretty quickly. Similar to what Georgia uh, Tech was doing under Jeff Collins' first year, trying to trans, you know, trans, uh, you know, turn over the roster. I think you're seeing the same things right now with BC. All right, so what about uh, offensive lineman Alex Lindstrom? And I should probably know the answer to this, but is he related to Chris Lindstrom? Are they brothers? That's his, that's his brother. And it's funny because he's just as technically sound as his brother, man. And he's a junior but definitely one you want to keep an eye on this ball game because of the fact that you, you don't find too many, you know, young players that are so technically sound. And when you're that technically sound, you're going to consistently get movement up front. If you go back and watch the game against Duke, I think he dominated 
at the point of attack, which is impressive. I thought he had a really good game against an active defense against North Carolina. So he's one that's definitely going to be shooting up the boards uh, as the season continues to roll on. You think there's a chance he would leave score early, Emery? Uh, you know, that's tough. It's, it's, hard, it's always tough for an interior offensive lineman to leave early. I think that's more uh, reserved for those outside players, those tackles. That's the premier sexy position to leave early. And so I, I think it's tough, especially coming from that program um, and, and knowing his brother, Chris Lindstrom, I think he is probably one to stay all, all four years. But I mean, if they're, if they're telling you you're going to be a first round pick, then you got to go. You see the same thing happen with Trey Lance out there at North Dakota state. Um, let's get to uh, who do you think, by the way, is better Alex or his brother? Oh, his brother. Listen, we we do we do a high school show. We did a we actually did a pilot called the football game plan recruiting roundup, where we were breaking down high school film live on air and had the players send us their film and we would critique them live on the air. And one guy sent us his film and we broke it down and he was like he was he was not getting as recruited as heavily. He was a smaller guy, um, undersized on the interior, but we were watching. He was like. Yo, this dude is dominating, and you know he should be a five star. If I'm, if if he goes to a program and gets to redshirt a year and get acclimated to the strength and conditioning program at the college level, he's going to be a player. The kid was Chris Lindstrom, so I've known him since high school, um, and and knowing that his game was what it was when he was undersized, and he got to BC and filled out his frame and grew into the player that we saw in uh, at high school at the high school level, it's impressive. So. I don't think he's better than, than his brother to put it to put it, uh, you know, shortly. All right, so I am excited for the Minis, uh, for the Miami Clemson game. It's going to be awesome. By the way, I might start asking you, Emory. You got a prediction? BC Pitt. Whew. You talk about both teams that can that can go either way. I'm gonna go with Pitt. I think Pitt will. I think they had their eyes ahead uh, to BC. So I'm gonna go with Pitt because again, D line safety play. Their offense is a little bit more apt to, to really push the ball vertically down the field. I don't trust their run game. I think this is a pass-first offense that has some elements of the run in it. So I, I do think Pitt will win that game. Uh, Miami-Clemson, another big ACC battle. Really looking forward to it. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on Miami defensive end Jalen Phillips. I did his U.S. Army Bowl, Emory, and he was a five-star, and he looked like an NFL prospect as a senior in high school. He was probably one of the 10 most impressive guys, high school kids I've ever seen in person. He was so, so impressive. And watching a little bit of Miami so far this year, it seems like he's kind of back. I don't know what happened at UCLA. At some point, I think I saw where he didn't want to play football anymore or something. Well, he does now again. He's playing well. Yeah, he's one of those heavy-handed defensive ends that I really like, man. The guys that once they put those paws on you, they can really just control you. He's good versus the run. He stay active, stays active versus the pass. You know, and I'm talking about a guy that can, you know, time his jump that ball down at the line of scrimmage. You know, he's able to, to quickly change direction in in terms of if a quarterback is running play action or trying to boot out toward him. Um, he doesn't take the cheese. He plays good football. He just has to keep his head in the game. You saw him get put out of their, their game against Florida State. 
Now, maybe that was a rivalry game, but you got to play smarter. He already had a personal foul penalty that kind of, and when he got the second one, that's why he had to get ejected. But I like his his physical nature at the point of attack. And it's good that you say that he was showing all of those skills in high school because right now it looks like he's playing a pro man's game from that defensive end position. What about um, Amari Rogers, the wide receiver for Clemson? I like those receivers that can uh, really get in and out of their breaks fluidly. And he is, I think, your quintessential slot type receiver, a guy that could play inside, maybe could play uh, as a flanker. And if you want someone out there like him with that fluidity, I just like the way he's able to find himself open. He has good body control. He tracks the ball well. He knows where he is on the field. Um, so he does a lot of the little things really well, and I think he's going to be a, a solid pro. Uh, he's one of those guys you can see playing NFL ball for at least eight to ten years because of the nuance within his game. Does he remind you of anybody in the NFL? You, you know, you could look at someone like a Robert Woods and, and see, like, okay, I could see him being someone that can thrive – inside or outside, someone you can hand the ball off to, someone that can do a lot of different things and also contribute on special teams. Do you have um, – you think Miami can hang in this game, Emery? Yeah, because I think the element that they have that can give Clinton problems, and we used to say this about Alabama, is the mobile quarterback. You know, Armstrong gave them problems last week with uh, at Virginia. We know Derrick King makes it an 11-on-11 game. Um, and Miami's defense is really good. They got Phillips on one end. You got Quincy Roche on the other end. Uh, they do a great job of pursuing the football. They pressure the quarterback. Offensively, they can run the heck out of the football, so their ball control can help shrink this ball game. So I think this is a good opportunity for an upset. But, you know, whether or not they do it or not, I just think that this will be a very close game. I hope so, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm ho- I hope so. I'm also looking forward to week five in the NFL. Even though we got two more games tonight in week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. Plus, 200% 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you up. I know Emery's a basketball guy. So NBA Finals, the total, a prop bet on uh, Jimmy Butler, whatever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Emery, let's get to uh, a, a team I'm really curious to get your thoughts on. BYU and a player. Um, let's start with BYU in general. They're killing dudes. I mean, they, they are. I'm so upset they didn't get to play Army. That would have been an awesome game. I would have loved looking forward to that. But BYU's O line is beastly. 
And they even threw that, and they can run the rock, but they even threw it pretty well the other night. Yeah, and their O-line is beastly. Their defensive line is ridiculous. So they are legit grown men out there on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And the balance that they play on offense is just phenomenal. Uh, If they choose to run the football, they can do that all day if they wanted to. But they can throw the football all day if they wanted to as well because of Zach Wilson, the QB, uh, who's phenomenal. You know, you talk about a player that had a a really great uh, bowl game two years ago. I think he... I want to say he missed, he went like 24, 25 in that bowl game. I think it was the Las Vegas bowl. Um, missed one pass. It was very deadly accurate. Then last year, we saw the big win against USC. He was kind of up and down, but then when you realize he was battling an injury all season, explained why his numbers were what they were. And now this year, he thickened out his frame a little bit. He's still making those same wild throws, man. And it's, I know he's a junior. Um, and I know it's a special case where, you know, you have the mission that he went on. So he's, he's an older player, not older, but you know, he's a, he technically could be a senior, but he's a junior. Um, and he doesn't have, he doesn't have to declare, but my goodness, man, if he continues to make plays and, and makes those splash plays, like we saw last weekend that, that they were able to make and, and how well this offense has done over the course of the season, doesn't matter who they're playing, they're executing at a high level. He has, Legit tall trees. He's throwing the football in Romney and company. So I and th- again, they're playing without their pro prospect at tight end. So I think Zach Wilson can be a pro quarterback. Um, again, he's a junior, so we're not trying to push the envelope. And say, hey, declare. But I will say this: he's a Heisman candidate. He's a tremendous prospect, and I'm excited to continue to watch him play. Wow, high praise, Emory. Really high praise. Um, what about on the other side? They're playing UTSA at the University of Texas, San Antonio, and they have a corner who has caught your eye. Yeah, and you talk about um you talk about a guy that's six five. You know, number one, that that just doesn't um make sense. And when it, it makes sense when you look at Tyreek Woolen and what he was just last year, he was a receiver. So he's six five, about two hundred pounds. And so now you take the receiver and put him out on the corner. Now he's mainly a boundary corner. So you, so you're using him to jam up a receiver, take away one side of the field and, you know, forcing the, the uh, quarterback to go to the opposite side where you have all of your athletes. Um, Cause I look at boundary and field corners differently. Um, some may see your best player, your best athlete as the boundary. Um, but I see your best physical corner as the boundary and your best athlete as the field. Why? Because he has so much of the field. Um, but when you look at Woolen and what he's been able to do, you think about, you know, his, his press skills, impressive. He has good ball skills because he was a receiver. Um, and he has good awareness because of him playing receiver. He understands passing concepts. So he understands what's, what an offense is trying to do to him. He's another one of these junior prospects that you just keep an eye on. You know, he's a guy that's going to be, uh, asked to, to cover one of these, you know, big time receivers, these big physical receivers. So he already matches up well versus what they're going to throw out, throw out there at him at BYU. But I'm interested to see how he competes because if he continues to play well, he already has five pass breakups so far this season. If he continues to play well, then he's going to be another one of these group of five players that you're talking about because he has the, the height, weight, speed, and the the intriguingness, the, the, the interesting, uh, he's intriguing, so to speak, as far as what his skill set and makeup can be uh, moving forward. Finally, Virginia Tech, UNC, 
Uh, both these teams done some really positive things so far this season. Uh, what do you think of Virginia Tech running back Khalil Herbert? If you listen to the Raw Sucker College Draft podcast, when we were doing our ACC preview, I brought up the name Khalil Herbert. Why? Because I was at the Kansas BC game last year and Herbert had himself a day. So I was like, wow, you know, this is a dude that's backing up Puka Williams. He's pretty damn good. And he was a senior and he, you know, grad transferred to Virginia Tech. And I thought he was going to, you know, just come out and, you know, go to the NFL draft. And I had him as one of those sleeper, those rare sleepers from a power five program. But he's at Virginia Tech. And, you know, I spoke about him all last year, spoke about him earlier in the summer. And now he breaks out and has this 200-yard game. And everyone's like, well, where did he come from? Well, he came from, you know, Kansas. And he is one that can do it all. He has good speed, good vision, good footwork. You see right there, uh, having him play on special teams is a benefit to him because he can return kicks. He's also a very good receiver, not just your standard back receiver, but a guy that can go down the field and be a threat. I think he has NFL you know, starter type game. So whether you can get him in the you know third round or something like that, that's the type of guy that you want um, that can give you some value with your draft pick because he's a really good back. I'm glad he went to Virginia Tech, and I'm glad he's not one of those guys that had to you know miss time because they're still fighting through you know 20 players a, a week not being able to play. At least he was out there and was and got a chance to showcase his skill set. What about UNC's running back? We know about their receivers. We know about Sam Howell. What about their running back, Michael Carter? And I talked about him on our pod in the in the summer as well. Um, he reminds me a lot of Daryl Henderson. And what I think is most impressive about his game, outside of the fact that he has quick feet, great bursts, and runs with good pad level, put all that aside. He's a very good pass protector. I'm talking about he's not afraid to get in there and butt up with, with a blitzing backer. And he's my size. He's about five, nine and a half, two hundred and you know, maybe ten pounds. So he's a, a shorter, compact guy that really butts up these big linebackers consistently. So it's not a, a, a situation where he's just throwing his body in there or trying to get a cut block like I would have tried to do. Uh he is legitimately got good technique, good fundamentals. Uh, not afraid of, of a blitzer. So you can keep them out there all three downs. Now, they do a good job of rotating their backs. They, they run a two-back system. But he's one of these players that, again, like Herbert, that they may not go in round one, but someone's going to get them and say, man, we got us, ourselves a steal and a guy that can be our starter because he's good on all three downs. Who do you like in that game, by the way, Tech and UNC? I mean, Tech continues to surprise me. But I like UNC. I, I think UNC had to get back in in their groove last week because I felt like it's been forever since North Carolina played a game. Um, but I think this coming week, having back-to-back games, should help them out and help Sam Howell out a lot better to be able to hit the ground running. So I do like North Carolina. I like at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, and the draft guide that everybody's got to get, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Really appreciate those of you that rate and review the show on social media, That, or I'm sorry, on uh, Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app. That means a great deal. Plus, even if you just give us a retweet or a like or when Emery tweets it, that all counts to be the social media spread the word winner at the end of the week on the Ross Tucker 
football podcast. Should be good. I don't even know what week we're calling this. Week six, maybe, in college football? Week five? Who knows? There's a bunch of games. It's October. I'll be doing the Citadel and Army on Saturday at 1.30 on CBS. Both teams running the option. Will not be a lot of passes in that one. That'll be a quick game. Citadel and the Army. Looking forward to it. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.